Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Umarpreneur Live podcast. And today I have with me Brother Suleiman Shaykh, also known as the Purple Sheik. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Welcome to the podcast. Wa alaikum salam, Abi. It's an honor and a pleasure to be on Umarpreneur. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. The honor and pleasure is definitely all <laughs> mine. And I can already see lots of people tuning in, mashallah. So it looks like this timing is pretty good. Uh, for the live. So I'm going to share with you guys uh, who are tuning in right now a little bit about our guest today. So Sudaiman is the founder of Purple Sheik Media. And this is a full suite digital marketing agency. And what he really focuses on is helping business owners and organizations authentically share their story through digital media so they can stand out in this digital world, right? It's always so crowded out there. Uh, and they offer a host of services, including social media marketing, search engine optimization, SEO, uh, Google ads, and so much more. So definitely check them out if you need some help uh, with marketing your business and growing online, inshallah. And we'll have some discussion surrounding marketing today as well, I'm sure. So stay tune in for lots of tips today. So uh, the place that we love to start, brother, is really just you sharing your story. If you can tell us a little bit about what inspired you to start Purple, Purple Chic, right? What inspired you to become an entrepreneur? My dad. Mm-hmm. My dad passed away, uh, may Allah grant him jungle for those in, China, in, in uh, 2001. And I was 16 years of age, and my dad was the ultimate businessman. So we use the word entrepreneur. Alhamdulillah, all of us, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. But, you know, think of my dad as that classic businessman. Remember the term businessman? <laughs> I you do. Know, like that classic businessman. And he, and he was in the retail business. And, you know, uh, one of the first one of the first to, to uh, get clothes from, like, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and sell them here in, in the States. We're talking about, you know, late 70s, early 80s. My dad was a classy guy, and I always found him fascinating, and he was my best friend. Mm-hmm. I went to go see movies almost every single week, and we would you know, watch these movies and be like, we can make it better. You know what I mean? Like That was the conversations I had with my dad, um, and I just wanted to be like that. And my father always wanted me to be a businessman. When I was a kid, he kind of put that in my ear, and at first I was like, nah, no desire, and my mom, you know, very typical South Asian families. They didn't want me to be a doctor or something like that. So the mom and dad were pretty in opposite worlds, right? Dad's from a business family. His father was a businessman. His father's father was a businessman. So it, what, 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 what inspired me is, is my dad and how he dealt with business on a daily basis and the impact that you were able to make. Uh, as a business person, a businessman, a businesswoman. And today we refer to many of these business folks as entrepreneurs. Um, charity. You know, uh, I've, ne- I've, and throughout my years, and we'll talk about, you know, furthermore uh, of those who give charity, I've always seen that more than anything. And I know many physicians and doctors out there do it, but I've never seen more charity come from the occupation of a entrepreneur or business person. And, and it's about making more, giving more. It's about impact. You know, as you know, uh, Abby, as, as an entrepreneur, it's about when we make a decision, how much impact can we have on that decision? And, you know, later on throughout the years, the birth of, of me becoming a business person, a businessman, was core reason being dad and then the experiences I had in life. And ultimately wanting to have something of my own that I can leave as a legacy uh, for my daughter. And my and my son, my newly born son, uh, he's turning a year inshallah this July, so he's not that newly born, but uh, from from my kids. So that for me, that that was really the, the drive and being able to have access. And of course, there's all these other perks. Is that you work as a, as a business person, as you know, you you work more than if you were working in a job. I mean, it is what it is, especially if you're building the business, right? But you have more flexibility. And I also wanted that sort of flexibility for my family life. I wanted to be able to travel here, go here. Um, of course, it's very difficult because you're, if you're a business person, right? Busyness, business. So you're always busy, right? <laughs> it hasn't happened as much as I like it to, right? So uh, to clear up any, any fictitious stuff in the future, um, you know, if you're, if you're starting a business and you're an entrepreneur, uh, you'll be working more than, you know, having the nine to five job, you know, you have, you, you have more flexibility, of course, but dad and throughout the experiences, those are the two things. But core is my father. Mm. It's beautiful that you say that because actually 
you know, growing up, of course, uh, our parents are our role models. And you mentioned a really interesting um, observation that I actually haven't thought of, which was the rise of entrepreneur versus businessman. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that we stopped seeing businessman and we started gravitating towards entrepreneur? And now it's very glamorized, right? Entrepreneurship. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us your thoughts about that. Why do you think that switch happened? <laughs> it's a good one. So entrepreneur, I think it's based off of a French term, right? Mm, uh, correct. So, you know, the French are very unique and uh, they have this called mise-en-scene. Mm. You know, for filmmakers, a lot of mise-en-scene, meaning like you're not just the director, uh, but you're also the writer, director, but the person it, it, doing the shot, a shot, or think of a film shot in complete sync where everything is in motion at the same time. The colors are correct. The actors are just placed correctly. Their motions are placed mise-en-scene, everything in the shot, everything in the picture. Um, so I often, when I think of entrepreneur, I think of that. So I kind of relate that when, when you think of businessman, you think of that that person that has a, a brick and mortar thing. It's kind of old school, kind of takes care of one thing. Uh, the way I think of it, or at least the way it's been kind of advertised to us, is the businessman takes care of one or two smaller things and is really in the business. The entrepreneur is someone who's outside of the business. Mm. Um, you know, that's how I think of it. Now, the actual definition, I don't know, but that's my that's that's what I think of it. But I am old school, and one of the things I'll share with you. Um, when my dad did pass away on his on the death certificate, it said, it said businessman. Mm. And to me, for me, that's something I was like, wow, that's, that's the title. Mm. That's the title that they give you in this world, correct or not correct, whatever. That's the title that they give you and that, that, you know, that's there. And I was like, you know what? We're all going to go one day. It's guaranteed. I want that title on my death certificate. I mean, more than there's, there's other things that I want as well. Uh, but, but that to me, the some, for some reason, I guess it was an emotional trigger for me. That's what I want on my title businessman, you know, and, and, and for years I wanted to be a filmmaker and I still do. I still have that in me and I incorporate that in purple chic media. Inshallah, we can get to that point. But, um, even even that industry, it's 97% business, as my uncle once told me, who was a brilliant entrepreneur businessman himself, who also is 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 with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you know, um, it's 97% business. So business must be perceived and looked at as a positive thing. And remember our, our beloved prophet, merchants, businessmen, men of impact, people of impact, you know. So to me, that's what it is. I don't know. Hundred percent. I love that observation, brother. I want, and you, you, uh, of course, decided to build Purple Sheik Media, which is a digital marketing agency. And it's interesting that you went for that because it is a business that helps impact other businesses greatly. Um, so that's that's mainly your target audience. So walk me through why you specifically chose to go for a digital marketing agency. Okay. So. <laughs> So it started with my years uh, in just general marketing. So as you know, I worked with a phenomenal organization, an organization that has uh, cemented a piece of cement in my heart has put something in my heart, Islamic Relief USA. Mm -hmm. I learned more working with this organization than I did with a bank and other corporations prior, by the way, just to be clear. And we're talking about a billion dollar business before that. Okay. Mm -hmm. With IRUSA, when I went there, I went into marketing. I did uh, fund development. Okay, I, my job was to raise money, uh, call people like yourself, Abby. Hey, Abby, you know it's your time to sponsor that orphan. It's the time of the year, brother, and to organize events, sell out tickets to events, visit Islamic schools, masajids, institutions, host events, branding, cultivating relationships, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but I I wanted a different take on things. Mm -hmm. And I just, it wasn't, it wasn't all of Suleiman. It wasn't a me. Because one day I will be on my deathbed if Allah wills, whatever. And I want to look back and say, I did what you really wanted to do. You pushed the envelope to what you really want to do. But you also make a great deal of impact. Mm -hmm. Anybody can go out there, Abby. Any businessman or woman, entrepreneur, whatever, can go out there and make a hundred grand. I'm serious. With enough intelligence, with a creative mindset, with a positive mindset, you you guys can make the money. It's not about the money. The money will come. 
Mm-hmm. It's about what you can make real impact with, that you can wake up in the morning and be excited to go in front of your computer and send emails and get on the phone, something that keeps you alive, your blood jumping. And so I said, I love marketing. I learned, I did it for seven years with IR. Four years as a development coordinator, I got promoted to regional manager. I started leading a team <laughs> that exactly of the stuff that I was doing. So it was like, it was a bump up, you know? And I love marketing. I love making impact. And I love filmmaking. I love creative stuff. Mm. I like making movies. Um, and so I started playing with that, by the way, when I was with IR. I started talking to volunteers, saying, hey, why don't you make a video? Let's put it on Facebook. This is how I want you to do it. I started doing launch kit pages. I started making one, one launch kit page, made 150 grand, use a little bit of video marketing, use a little bit of creativity in there. So I started came from the school of hard knocks. So I was like, wow, this is great. I can make an impact. This is what I can do. So I put those two together, and my solution was digital marketing, mm-hmm. but with a different twist. Focusing on video marketing within the frame of digital marketing, offering it as a full package and crowdfunding. So I said, you know what? I, I've learned from the School of Hard Knocks. I work with, I think, from even from, from whether faith-based, by the way, to be clear, but faith-based or non-faith-based, IR, the setup, the creativity that's there, um, I think maybe perhaps you'll be surprised. It, it's phenomenal when I tell you. IR Canada too, by the way, is phenomenal stuff. Yeah. I learned so much. Let me go out in the world. And let me help specifically impact-driven businesses. Many of them, yes, I specialize in nonprofits. Mm-hmm. If you look at my client list, about 80, 80%, 80% of them are nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my vetting process is to make sure that that business, or specifically nonprofit, is really making a strong impact. Mm-hmm. I only want to attract clients and folks I want those are the ones I want that are making significant impact that that and or and or want to make impact and need my help. Right. That's part of my vetting process. I can't work with anyone other than that because I can't help you. You know, it's not about buying a product for a dollar and selling it for four ninety seven. Not, mm-hmm. not about that. What is this doing for the world? What is that company benefiting in charitable acts? You know, what are they giving and giving back from all that reward? So that's part of my vetting process. And that's that's kind of like my little bit of my why as well. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful to hear, brother. And I love that. And I think you, every person, every business needs a strong purpose and a strong why. Because just as you mentioned earlier uh, in the in the discussion, entrepreneurship, while having the benefits of flexibility and, and freedom, will come with more work than a traditional nine to five. And... Oh. You know, and I'm sure you know this. Well, I know you that you know this. And so, you know, you said this yourself, right? So, how do you how do you keep pushing, right? How do you keep pushing through all the long days and through you know all the challenges and obstacles? And really, the only thing that's going to keep you going in the end is the purpose that fuels you, right? That's kind of like the the gas to your engine uh, that keeps you going. And so, if if that's not there, eventually you're going to burn out, right? You're just going to lose steam. You're not going to know why you're doing what you're doing. And, and yeah. it's, it's not going to be worth it. That, by the way, that has happened to me in the past. Mm. And it happens to a lot of people, as you know, Abby, on a yeah. daily basis. And sometimes the worst thing is not being able to identify. Actually, what's worse than not being able to identify is, is identifying it and not doing anything about it. Mm. And a lot of people are stuck in that place, by the way. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that, is, that becomes a super, super big problem. Um, it's really, like you said it best, it's really the gas that fuels that engine, right? It's, it's whatever you want to call it. So it, 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 it makes you driven. And, and yes, I will admit there are certain things. There are certain things that on a daily basis, I just don't want to have to, I don't want to have to deal with. I'm a human being. Okay. Like sometimes I'm really tired. I've got a headache, you know, most of the day, as you might know, Abby, I am personally, am on the phone. Like since this morning, I've been on the phone since 7 30 tomorrow and it's all good um i'll be on the phone from like nine to seven right and and starting with a call in like pakistan then one call in kosovo and then one that it's like you really have to love what you do and this goes for people who want to be doctors too i mean there's no way you could be a successful and awesome doctor and help a lot of people unless you really love it because that's a crazy amount of work as well it's very similar here if you don't love it if you don't want to 
make broader and bigger impact and just chase money, you will collapse. I'm not just talking about financially. You will burn out. You will collapse in so many other ways. And that will reflect in your family life, especially mm -hmm. if you're married. It will reflect there. And that's something that you've got to be very cautious about because that has happened to me in the past. And I'm guaranteeing it's going to happen to other people in the future. But if, is, if there is a takeaway for this audience, let the takeaway be this, that make sure whatever you're doing in the business world or whatever it may be, specifically an entrepreneur, that you, you have this correct why. It's not for other people to know. You could care less about other people. It's for yourself. And then ask yourself, can I be consistent with this? Mm -hmm. can, I, can, I, can, I, can someone throw nails at me and I can just start blocking them? You know what I mean? Like that, that is really what needs to be there in order to go to the next level. Like if you look at these guys, Jeff Bezos and whatever, you know, they, they focus on being client obsessed. You know, Amazon is very client obsessed. Mm. Uh, and that's the way he likes it. That's the way he wants it. He's obsessed himself with being obsessed. It's, it's absurd. Mm. But sometimes to be great, if you really love that, then that's what you should do. If you want to start a dojo and a, be a karate teacher and you enjoy giving value and educating kids and so they can be able to defend themselves, but not just that, but improve their livelihood and help them in their diet because you're making an impact. Every insan, every uh, person, by the way, I was talking to one of my clients, a coaching client this morning, and I was explaining to them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give us a little piece in our brain. I don't know exactly where it is. I don't remember, but I don't know if you saw this, this news segment, a little piece of the brain where it, 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 it says that we have to do something good for nothing in return. That little piece, right? For nothing financially in return, necessarily, right? But there is something scientifically there Forgive me for not remembering, it's slipping from my tongue, but there is something there that we all need to be a part of to do. And, and, and once you kind of incorporate that in what you do in your business, that's fantastic. You don't need to volunteer anywhere. You don't need to do this, that, the other. You're just focused on one thing. And then focus is really what helps you. And it's not just balance, but focus. Like you're really happy. You're focused on your, on your business, on your project. If you, as long as you have that, phew, You'll soar. You'll soar. Mm, I love that. I love that, brother. That was really nice. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I think there's different stages uh, for every entrepreneur. I know now we're diving deep into the entrepreneurship. Uh, but Michelle will also get to some Purple Chic stuff because I know I definitely want to dive into that. Um, but this is a really interesting discussion. I, I, don't want, I want to keep it going for just a little bit more. So one thing here I think that is important to note is every entrepreneur will go through stages. And every and every stage, you're going to have different priorities, right? So, initially, the first priority for people that are starting in business is usually, you know, financial, right? I need to I need to get on my feet. I need to be able to make an income so I can sustain myself and survive, yeah. right? And I think, you know, a lot of times in those early stages, it becomes a it's a little bit difficult to think about the why and even maybe to find the why because th there's not enough experience, not enough trial and error. But as you know, someone grows on their journey of entrepreneurship and tries new things in businesses and, and succeeds and fails and then gets to a certain level and the finances are taken care of, then you need something more to keep you going, right? You need, okay, the finances are there, but now why, why should I continue? Why should I go for great, right? Versus just good enough. And that's where that why and the purpose comes in, I think. So you may not like my response. I don't know. And, or Please go for it. You may not like my response in this. But that whole thing of like security, destroy it. If you're not happy, and this is what I did, and I don't know if it'll work for any everybody else, I cut it off. You know, when I left my position, when I left my position, Abby, I didn't have much money. I had a wife and kid. Some people would call me crazy. In fact, my aunt said, this is not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to, you know, uh, build your business while you're there. No, so I, I can't do that unless it's a side hustle of like an Etsy store or something you can do that or affiliate marketing. But no, not what I wanted to do. I cut it off. I left. I didn't have another option. There was no other option. I cut it off. And I said, Suleiman, it's this or death. Nothing. And I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to come off too, you know. 
But for me, that worked. And I feel like for many others, that will work too. If you really want something, go after it. And there is no other option. There is no plan B. There is no second option, no second school option or whatever you want to call it. You go for it and you don't stop until you get it. And if you pay your dues, and I'm being serious, I, I, if you, in my opinion, if you pay your, your sadaqah, your zakat, whatever you can, and you make dua, and you don't stop, you do it, you will get it. Especially living in America. You have opportunity. You've got to be a hustler, ethical hustler, an ethical hustler. But it can get done. It took me months. But after one client, just two clients, to, 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 to jump to four or five clients, very quickly, mm-hmm. then more, and then some would drop. Mm-hmm. Then more would come in. You start to figure out how to budget yourself. You start to do, where should I spend my money? It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. So the best way to do it is to just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Maxwell has a thing. He's a, he's a you know well-known coach. I went to his event years ago. Uh, he, they had this thing where you soar. And, and you, it's like you, you, you jump off and you let the wings glide you down, drop, bring you down, open up those wings. And that's what this is. That's part of life. Uh, and so if an entrepreneur is concerned and they're like, hustle, they're, they're, they're having these hassle in their mind, like, I really want to do this, but I don't know. I got two kids. I got a wife and this, that, the other. Plan it. Be strategic. Everything can be, many things can be accomplished through strategy. You know what I'm saying? Take a dive in. Uh, take a sabbatical. Work with your employer and be like, listen, I, I need a couple of months to do this. Make something work. Figure it out. There's always some way to make something work. You get, that's the other thing. Being creative, it's like you're drawing up a contract, right? Sometimes when you draw up a contract, you have a contract with somebody, and it's not all black and white. You can draw up the contract however you want as long as the other party agrees, Think of your life and think of what you do on a daily basis as a contract with life or with your job or whatever. Finagle with it. You, if you're asking for something, you've got to be able to deliver something else too. You know, So you can work with an employer if you don't really want to do that, if you want to wait a few months and test things out to see if this is really your passion. But if you know if something is your passion and you know you want to do something and you're really confident with it, do it, especially if you're young. Because you can always go back and get another job, right? That's that's my whole take on it, and that might come off to some people as like too risky. Don't this bad advice? But you know, it might be bad advice for some people. But for me, it worked out, and I'm a firm believer of it. In, in it, if my son or my daughter came to me and said the same thing to me, I would give them the same advice. I'd tell them, "This is your dad's history, and just move forward with it." Mm. Forward. I love that, brother. Well, to be honest, it's interesting because my story is is very similar to that. Uh, I I was working in IT uh, nine to five. Uh, well, actually, more like a twelve to twelve <laughs> with those shifts. Uh, and um, I was also going to school part time, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in life. Eventually, actually, my first business was a marketing agency, um, so we can relate on that level. And um, I just decided to quit everything and go all in. You know, in the first five months, I didn't get any success. I wasn't making any money. I my back was against the wall. Uh, but alhamdulillah, five months in, finally figured it out. As you, just like you, got a one client, then two, and then three, and it just snowballed. Um, however, there's a reason I, why I don't tell people to do that, and it's because part of me also understands, especially after working with many, you know, on people, aspiring entrepreneurs, and people who want to become entrepreneurs, is that. I believe there's, you have to be a certain type of person to be able to go for that, right? And I think that's, again, that might, you might, you might not disagree with that, not agree with that, sorry, and that's okay, but I don't think everyone can do that. Just let go of everything and go all yeah. in. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It is, but for me, yeah. it's, I do agree with that. To make it a businessman or an entrepreneur, you have to, be, you have, to have some special, unique sort of skin. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a specific type of mindset, a go-getter mindset, mm-hmm. especially if you want to really make impact. And that's the bottom line. I mean, there's a lot of people right. who are soft and it's just it's just not you. OK, mm-hmm. then that's fine. It might not be people. But if someone loves a thing so much and they and it's if, if someone loves a thing so much and they'll be thinking about it, uh, Abby, for the next 10, 20 years, what if? Mm-hmm. That to me is like prison, man. That to me is like a killer. I would rather take the risk, especially if you're younger, and 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 do it. 
and see if it if it is, if it is you. Because if you don't, then that question will always be sinking in like, what if? So, I mean, there's two schools of thought on it, right? I, I it just, it's really about the individual at the end of the day, though, Abby, right? Because if you're that person who's going to be like in 10 years or 15 years, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that, I could have. And you're still unhappy at your place in 10, 15 years, seven years, whatever passes by, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. 100%. That's a health problem, actually. Mm. And I'm not talking about people that want to be entrepreneurs. I know we're an umapreneur, mashallah, but what about those who want to be filmmakers and singers uh, and do other sorts of contributions that they're passionate about? That's my whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I personally missed that beat and I got confused at a younger age. And had I stuck with more of filmmaking since I was since I was like five or six years old, I wanted to be filming. Still do, but had I stuck with that more so, I, I think, especially now, it is a world of filmmakers and content creators. Mm. I think if I would have been doing it for years, honing on my craft and having the business sense that I would and learning from all these mistakes, I think I could have, I'm pretty confident I could have been up, you know, up there. You know what I mean? But right. alhamdulillah, no regrets. No regrets. Don't live with regrets. 100%. Ask for forgiveness all the time because we must as, as human beings. But I feel like for me, that that's the case. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, bro, what is it that you look for when you're working with these other businesses, with these nonprofits? So they come to work with you and, and you essentially probably go through some sort of evaluation at first to understand what it is that they're working on. And, and of course, part of that is going to be their video, which you, met, you mentioned is something they like to focus on. So walk us through that a little bit. How do you evaluate a business's marketing strategy? Well, number one, how can I solve their problem? Mm -hmm. So a lot of cases with nonprofits, amazing, mashallah, unbelievable niyas. And a lot of times with businesses, restaurants, halal restaurants, we're focusing on halal restaurants actually now, uh, and um, more Muslim-based medical offices as well. How can I solve their problem? What are they lacking? How can they really sell the value of what they're already offering? How can we amplify their voice? Okay. If there are opportunities for us to do this, I'm interested in working with you. Right. Of course, going back to the impact, every time there have been nonprofits and other businesses that I talk to that. I told them flat out, I cannot help you. In the real world, I can definitely scale their Instagram page, bro, without a doubt. I mean, we have a killer team. We can, you know, we can, we can, we can, we can do a lot of things and and coach them on video marketing and this at the other. But the other part of the vetting process is like, if if you're not convincing me that you can make a better world, that you are putting an ethical business out there and your tone doesn't match with my style. I can't help you. It's as simple as that. And I stick by that rule. And it's always helped me. Uh, if you're talking about strategy, also, Abby, um, if you want to go into strategy, if I, assuming I do work with. with yeah, please. Yeah, definitely. Please share with us. Go ahead. Yeah, sure, sure thing. So, I mean, there's two separate things, right? We got nonprofits. We got mm -hmm. businesses. Both are impact driven. We can go with businesses. I, I really focus on making that business and Orlando to that nonprofit a resource. That's a big thing for me. I'll give you an example. We had my first client, literally my first client. It was, oh my God, it was dirt cheap every month. It was my first client. It was in July, a couple of years ago. It was a restaurant in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And what we did was we started doing uh, Facebook Lives. I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do, I'm going to coach you on Facebook Lives. And we did a couple other things with them as well. This guy got messages like crazy, by the way, on Facebook. I was an admin on the Facebook page, so I saw them. <laughs> All right. Um, we coach coaching with it. So one of the things is we start making you our clients resources. So we coach them on video marketing and have them talk about, for example, restaurants, top three ways to make Sindhi biryani, like how to's, you know, top five ways to do this really niche targeted and attention grabbers, pieces of content, little five to seven minutes. We would give them templates of things that are search engine optimized, doing our research from our end, put together a template, not a script, a template, very easy to understand, very easy to read. 
provide it to the client, coach them on how to do the video, how to hold the camera, how to put this option on, you know, what, what time to go on, these sorts of things. And that was one little project that I started off with. Another thing is I'm really big with organic. I, we do paid market obviously as an agency naturally, right? But I'm really big with organic. So I like to draw the crowd in to us. So we're talking about not just social engagement, but through video marketing, using those that same video content with their emails on different social platforms, putting little, well, that's off of organic, but putting mini ads on them to drive local traffic to them. All of these things start to increase the business, right? Increase the business. But one thing I do, I mean, these are very typical things, effective, effective framework. But one thing I like to do is I get involved with my client. And a lot of digital marketers don't like to do that. And that's okay. I understand that. Sometimes I wish I don't do, didn't do that with certain clients in the past, right? But um, I get involved. I create a WhatsApp message on my phone. And I get involved, keep it really old school, simple. And I'm like, hey, listen, you got to open up a TikTok account. TikTok, TikTok. I feel like an old man. <laughs> right? You got to do this. Call it this. We did this with one of our clients. I think within uh, 30 days, he hit 100,000 views. Right now he's focusing on TikTok. By the way, <laughs> he's not even doing his Facebook lives, right? Uh, but now he's like, you know, sharing experiences, giving our clients, working with them, their vision, their personalities, and within their industries. The halal industry is a very unique industry. A lot of folks who have these businesses, Abby, they're first generation or they immigrated here. So you've got to be able to have cultural proficiency and how to work with a lot of these folks. It is what it is and make things work within their comfort zone, especially to start off with. Mm -hmm. So it's understanding of that, the first generation, second generation, their capabilities, also understanding a little bit about their politics. And I, and, and usually we shouldn't get involved in politics, but understanding their mindset because their mindset is connected with their politics. And then, being able to work around that, around their worldview in order to broadcast our video marketing, our social content, our copywriting, et cetera, et cetera. So it depends on the business that you're with, that what we offer. If you're a restaurant, you're going to get X, Y, Z. You really need to focus on Instagram. You really need to focus on engagement on Instagram, your content, maybe TikTok as well. And, you know, establish yourself as a resource because that really gets out out for you and then these little mini ads in your local community to drive more traffic to your restaurant the selling points because of covid they're all there's a lot of factors in it but that's generally the gist now with nonprofits you know years of experience you know i have a coaching program that i do specifically with nonprofits it's been extremely successful alhamdulillah in fact one of our clients uh kuba academy in houston texas this is a majid that burnt got burned down six years ago from some, you know, uh, Islamophobe, you know, crazy guy in Houston, blew it up. They reached out to me, uh, alhamdulillah, I've been with them for about um, a little over a year now, uh, a little yeah. over a year now, alhamdulillah. In fact, their call was earlier today. I mean, coaching them from A to Z, how to put your social media pages, how to optimize them, your website design, uh, video marketing, blogging, crowdfunding, placing ads consistently. Every time they have an event, we're going behind the scenes, planning it out. They're having an art uh, exhibit. Uh, no, no, sorry, a paint, you know those paint nights they have? Like for example, like going through these every single little things and showing how we as an establishment are really 2.0. It's education 2.0, activity 2.0, you know? Um, figuring out our voice and then amplifying it, you know? And so, uh, that's the, what we do. And then that, that always works. I mean, the, the money comes in, the branding comes in, everyone goes home happy. And that's what, especially what nonprofits and businesses want, you know, but that's a little bit like a, a, a taste of what we kind of do. I hope that it kind of answers the mm -hmm. question. For sure. Well, honestly, what I heard, um, what I really uh, noticed as you, as you spoke is someone who truly understands their target audience understands their customer. And I think this is the key that I really drill down into my students uh, through our mentorship program and the things that we do. Yeah, We spend so much time on, you know, I, I tell like focusing on the market research and understanding your niche before you create your offer. And before, you know, even when you do create your offer, I always tell them create something like a minimum viable offer or product or service, and you improve it based on the customer's needs, right? You Because there's, I always, I always tell them this thing, what you, 
what you think the client wants or needs and what the client actually needs are usually two very different things. Yes. Right? 100%. Yeah. And then you'll only find that out as you grow in experience and you start working with your clients and understanding that niche inside out. And when you told me that you, you know, a few points about understanding their mindset, how they view the world, you know, even their politics, what I hear is someone who sees the value in knowing their target audience inside out. And that is truly yeah. a sign of a, uh, an intelligent uh, and, and well-educated entrepreneur, to be honest with you, because that's how you should approach it, to be honest. So yeah, it's an it's an old Islamic thing. I, I remember watching this movie, and uh, it was Salahuddin said it in a movie, and it always stuck with me. And don't laugh, dude. Uh, it was from the movie Kingdom of Heaven, and he said something about knowing your man. Mm. It's a militaristic thing, but not necessarily militaristic. It's common sense, isn't it? Knowing your man, knowing your knowing your client, yeah. the Bob, the avatar, the, as we call him in the in the digital marketing world, right? Yeah putting everything, every single thing in there, how to communicate with them. Wallahi, it's in the Quran. When you go to a communi uh, community, communicate in their tongue mm. so that it resonates with them, right? So the answers are there for us. So that you want to put that together where you, you, you are, it's an exchange between the communities, right? You're just building upon it. And, and it, it really comes off of there. And that's what marketing, part, a big part of marketing ultimately is is what communications whether you're a filmmaker and a writer or whatever you got to make it look i have three simple rules in marketing simple organized relatable simple organized relatable stick to these these three things in your communication you learn from it learn from it i mean yeah, there's a billion books out there that you can read and all this other stuff and you should but simple organized relatable and knowing who your community is, who you're targeting, how to speak with them, what verbiage, even what time you should be sending your email. You know, maybe you should be sending your email out uh, for email marketing at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time if you're if you're because that's near lunchtime and you know you're attracting people for a specific type of thing. So knowing your crowd, the more you know your crowd, the more you're comfortable with your your targeted audience, the better your production will be for sure. I agree with you 100. percent I love that, brother. I want to I want to give uh, a few little more tidbits here to our listeners that are tuning in and those who will listen after as well. So I want to ask you uh, your opinion on what you think uh, is the biggest mistake right now that most online businesses are making or even physical brick and mortar businesses are making with their marketing right now. What's one thing that you notice most businesses are making that they shouldn't be kind of like an easy to fix thing that you're noticing? Honestly, but I've been seeing the, the biggest thing that they've been making a mistake on is consistency. Mm. They're not okay. Let okay. They're not going to have the best content in many cases, whether non nonprofit, for business, whatever. If you look at the pages, you see like seven, eight posts. Last one, two thousand eighteen, and they were doing good on the other ones. I've seen that so many times. They're just not consistent, and and it's because they're. That's okay, though, in many cases, because a lawyer knows how to do law. A, you go to a doctor when you're in pain. You need to go to a marketer in business when you need help to amplify your voice. <laughs> you know? So, but consistency, a lot of uh, folks, for those who are watching, consistency and, and, and good content combined together will make a difference for you, for sure. But it takes time. It's a science. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, I've had people say, Solomon, we have a goal for 30 days. We want to raise a million dollars. Sorry, I can't help you with that, especially if you've never run ads before. You never had a crowdfunding page. You don't have any emails. Don't have too many high expectations. You'll get there. Just be consistent. Be patient. Uh, patience, consistency, and creativity. Um, you know, I, th I would say these three, these three things that, that businesses are, a lot of the times are lacking, but, but, but my whole thing is that's not, don't blame yourself for that because as an entrepreneur, many times you're either selling a product or you're selling a service or whatever, Abby, I mean, it, there's a billion businesses out there. You, you can't always wear, you know, all the hats. Yeah. Mm. You, you can't do that have to work with people you know the ottoman empire wasn't built by one dude it was a whole generation of 
things. Roman Empire, same thing. I mean, you need you need division of labor, uh, and you, you need to work with everybody. That's how you build foundations. How you build a thing. It's not a one man, one woman show. It never was. That's a lie. You know. Um, so so that's my whole thing with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Those are those are the business consistency, patience, and creativity. I would say a lot of the times it has a lot to do with that, mm-hmm. especially with the consistency part. I'm, I'm yeah. firmly believe that. And I, I love that answer. Actually, that that's a really great answer. And it's interesting because as you're saying that, I could think of a million uh, businesses and even many of my friends that I know that own businesses that are unfortunately that's kind of the part where they're always struggling a little bit, right? And and it, it's a great point, which is, you know, I think a lot there is this glamour with doing it all yourself and you know wearing all the hats but the truth is that outsourcing is the only way for you to leverage your time and scale your business it's the only way right uh, do what you do best and outsource mm-hmm. the rest i mean my if you think that you can do everything um you you are lying to yourself and that's terrible don't do that to yourself mm-hmm. you know i mean you're not a graphic designer you can get going apps and do something in the start, but when you really want to go big, get a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to defend yourself in court, or are you going to get you know Johnny Cochran's son? I don't know whatever his name is. You know what I mean? Like you want to go, you know, you want to work with the people that can help you get to that. So what? That's an important mindset, though, Abby, for every mm-hmm. entrepreneur, every business person to understand. If you don't understand that, you got to understand that because you will hurt yourself a great deal if you do and you'll burn out there's so many different ways to burn out and this is definitely one of them correct yeah. correct i want to know because there's a lot of uh you know right now especially i think it's been like around a year or two but there's a lot of hype rounds around starting an smma right like a digital marketing agency and you've you've clearly you know created something here that's very unique that's not cookie cutter it's not you know a certain template that you just implemented you you hear you're offering a unique solution to a, a very specific target audience and you're adding your own creative touch to it. Now, I wanna know what's your advice to aspiring digital marketers? Should they follow the cookie cutter SMA, SMMA approach or what, it, what is it that they should do exactly? Here's what they should do in my opinion, okay? It's like, and that's, that goes for people who wanna do their own marketing agency. Mm-hmm. But look, as Solomon Sheikh, when I first started off, yeah, I wanted to help nonprofits, but for some reason I made a mistake. I just started chasing restaurants. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And there were halal restaurants. I literally put a list of all the places in Jersey, New York. I had a virtual assistant do the data entry and I got all their emails and addresses and everything. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like I can do it, but it just wasn't really fulfilling. I, I didn't feel like I was really contributing a great deal, although we can help them and we would I would love to do that as a growing, as a businessman and growing my business. But I should have focused on my core of what I knew best and what I was comfortable with, what made me comfortable. And I, I started working with nonprofits. I started reaching out to nonprofits and it was an easy sell because you know I had easy, I had I, had, I had seven years, you know, uh, in the nonprofit world, respectable organization. Uh, faith-based, yes, and raised. I raised seven million dollars for orphans, for women in need, for water wells, domestic, international, for Syria, for Palestine. I mean, whatever. I mean, that was. I loved it. Um, stick to stick to a niche. You hear that? That's my opinion. Stick to something you're comfortable with. You know that you have experience with that. That you can get on the phone and you can just like flabbergast somebody like over the phone. Like, well, listen, this is what you need to do. This is the reason why. This is where you were yesterday, where you are today, and where you can be tomorrow. And you're confident in telling them this information because you know it like this, like the back of your hand. Usually, stuff like that is like, like that's what you focus on. So, if you want to start an SMMA and you want to you want to focus on mattress companies. And offer them SEO, which, by the way, this is a good idea for those who would be interested. Focus on SEO. And my cousin wanted one of my cousins actually told me about this SEO for mattress businesses. I said, focus on that because he has a history in working the mattress business world. E-commerce is going to be huge. If you are into e-commerce and you can really you feel really comfortable with it, e-commerce marketing is just going to keep blowing up, in my opinion. That's an area where you may want to just kind of focus on, again, it's a niche. It could be e-com, whatever it may be, you know, helping business coaches, 
you know, and that's what you're building your marketing or your whole strategy on. You're you're doing a coaching thing or or not even coaching. You're doing actual implementation, like whatever. Focus on business coach realtors. Like focus on a niche that you're comfortable with that you know that you can just blow someone out of the boat. Out of the boat. <laughs> that's how you know. If you yeah. say, so "How do I know?" Pretend like you're on the phone with that potential person. Who can you blow away? That's probably what you love. You know, it's probably what you you're interested in, and you can start. You can at least start to grow within that, and then expand. Uh, you know, as you as you get more team members, because by the way, as an SMMA, you're probably going to start. You know, generally speaking, like I did myself. Uh, one thing I did was like I was like, no, I'm going to get a VA. And had I looked at back in the future, by the way, the one thing that you want to focus on our business is is putting the process together as a business person, SMMA, whatever, and hiring somebody in sales, then get a VA. Put your money in sales. That's one thing I wish I did, but nonetheless, I would focus. I would to focus on the niche. Mm. Get, get a niche. Focus on that. Be the specialist in that. Be the king or queen in that area. I love that, brother, and and that's a really great observation, and also something that constantly, constantly have to drill right into my students when they're starting off. Because a lot of entrepreneurs they start off and they're like, "Well, why should I follow a niche? Isn't it better if I, you know, work with everyone? Doesn't that mean I have more customers available?" <laughs> Right? Aren't I limiting myself? And it's the opposite, really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I'm telling you that that's what I learned. That's what happened yeah. to me. And uh, I feel like you'll get burned out. So, Abby, that message to your student is gold because you're saving your students a lot of money and time, by the way, by doing that. You know, mm -hmm. um, that, that, that niche. Again, if you're on the phone, you can blow someone away. That's how you know. If you're wondering, how do I know what it is to figure it out? You know, somebody once asked me, said, Suleiman, while my IR days, and they wanted to donate money and pretty much had a blank check, okay? And I said, Suleiman, how much, they asked me, like, what a beautiful question. How much do I know to donate? Mm -hmm. person did not know how much to donate. And I learned something from Yusuf, who is my mentor along with Walid. Uh, but Yusuf, in terms of wisdom, older Palestinian brother, wise, like a wise dude, okay? Um, he said, Suleiman, no, uh, yeah, he said Suleiman when, when he mentioned this 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 whole thing. He said he told someone who asked him the same question. He said, "If you could put your hand in your pocket, okay, and and think to yourself, take out that amount that you feel like you would feel like a pinch, not like, but a pinch. Whatever you're giving, you got to feel something, at least a pinch. That's the right amount to." That's the right amount to give because that's kind of taking you out of your comfort zone. And now it becomes a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I love that. I love that. And so that's what we're taught by the Prophet as well, right? And, um, you know, kind of to give until you feel it, right? Until you feel it. Give that's, it, that's, feel it. There that's, you go. Give it until you feel it. It's a simpler way. Thank you. Yeah. It's a yeah, simpler yeah, way of that, but you got to do it because, you know, that. It's easy. It's also relative, right? For for someone, you know, ten dollars might not be a big amount. For someone else, it might be it's just you know a big amount for them. So, it's all relative, right? It's not about the amount, but it's about how do you interpret it and how do you feel it um, in regards to your finances and situation. I want to ask you, what can we expect from uh, Purple Chic in the future? So, do you have any plans moving forward for your agency? Anything exciting that you can share with us today? I mean, look, business is business. Business will, inshallah, grow. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing, if you're starting off as an entrepreneur, or if you're you've just been going on for like a year, whatever, um, just be confident that business will grow. Just be consistent in your business. As you, as I'm talking to the clients who have businesses and want to do a little bit of their own marketing, consistency, yeah. patience, these things still stand. But the plans, um, it, it, it's growth into different industries. I now have, alhamdulillah. A very effective, proven framework, obviously for nonprofits, by far. I mean, excuse me. If even if you go to our site, I think you'll have like I think we put in like five, six of some of the of some of the tons of reviews that we have. I think this is around five, six. I haven't been I haven't been on my website in a long time. Don't kill me, all right? But um, is growth into other industries in the for-profit world. I, I do want to now work a lot more with individuals who want to sell their services, such as realtors, uh, as business coaches, uh, and, and help them with, with, with a lot of marketing stuff. 
Um, I do want to go to and really hit hard with a lot of halal restaurants, which I've been in touch with many of them. And many of them know my name, like Alhamdulillah, um, Purple Sheik has really gotten out there. People have heard of them. SubhanAllah, I don't know how. I, I, by the way, I've never spent a penny on marketing um, myself. I never marketed myself, guys. And, and that reason you should listen to that. It's just that my context was different. People knew who Suleiman was and my experience in the back. And so it was not as hard for me as it may be for other people to be straightforward with you. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I, that's what I want to start spending the funds. I want to start marketing myself and put myself in these industries and grow this business to new heights. But truly, there is something in my heart, uh, very deep in my heart that I do want to do. And it's called The Purple Chic. The Purple Chic. Not, not Purple Chic Media. Okay. <laughs> and what that is, is it is a vlog. It is a, in an outlet that I've, I've developed. And in the process of further developing, it's not fully released Okay. Um, it's something that I will do. It's a personal project of mine. And um, it's about really exploring human poetry within the uh, Muslim Western narrative and showing the contributions from people such as yourself, uh, Abby, and, and others who push the envelope and inspire and make a better world through their teachings, uh, through their actions. And I want to make these mini documentaries about three to five minutes uh, on these particular subjects so we can show the world through video, through proof that this person or this group is making a better world and they're showing you how to do it too. Mm. And that's what the Purple Sheik is going to be about, inshallah. And uh, I don't have a release date on that. And as an entrepreneur, I am, I too am, am trying to scale what I have now, mm -hmm. a passion of mine, what I have now to a certain level and a height uh, to where I can just mainly focus on. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I really, really love that, mashallah. That, that's really, really a brilliant idea. And I hope to see it hopefully uh, before the end of the year. And I want you to let us know when you do release it. Maybe we can actually yeah. share it with the group and let our audience know that it's now you know, it's coming to life. Um, and um, I want to ask you a question that I ask every guest before we dive into some Q&A. We got uh, two, three questions here from uh, from the uh, the audience. Um, I want to ask you if you could, you know, say one thing to, you know, young Suleiman who you know, is just getting started in his entrepreneurial journey, right? He's just thinking about it. He's considering it. He hasn't made the leap yet. He's about to make the leap. You could tell him one thing that he could hold on to through his entrepreneurial journey. What would that one thing be? Don't panic. I love that. I love it. Straightforward. No, there's nothing. I mean, uh, I mean, there's more to it, though. I mean, the one thing is like, don't panic. But within that, there means so much. Like, just have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like, you know, I mean, if there was one more thing also, I just give more sadaqah. Mm. I swear to you, I give more sadaqah. I don't care if it's a dollar or whatever, just give more sadaqah. Whatever you do, you see, that's the whole leap of faith, like, bro. It's like, and I used to do this while fundraising, and I don't mean to fundraise here, but like as a fundraiser, I would say to my donors, I would stand in front of, I remember we did a fundraiser for Yemen in uh, CUNY College or something like that. Um, I don't know, it was one of those colleges, a CUNY or something. Um, and, and I said to the audience, I said, listen, um, this is a leap of faith. Um, if you if you don't have it, pledge it, give it. I was really that's my personality, Abby. And again, maybe I'm too aggressive in certain ways, but I believed it and I said it to people, and people gave. I mean, we raised um, over eighty thousand dollars in the the other event that happened there. They raised fifteen thousand dollars. So you got you got to really go out there and do it. Uh, and we made it happen. We helped a lot of people in sure. Yemen, and I may I realized something that night, and they, clearly the audience realized something. I think that shows with the numbers. Um, don't panic. Um, and, and, and make sure you give more sadaqah. Give what you can. It is a sacrifice. It's a leap of faith. See, that's the thing. It's a test. Will you give it? Will you not give it? Sometimes you're not going to get punished for not giving it because of sadaqah unless you really should be giving it. Uh, like a lot. <laughs> you're, you're, you're back back and due, you know. Uh, but the more you, you offer. And remember, who does that benefit when you're giving? Give any organization. I'm not telling you to give it to a particular organization. It's just 
you give it and it's 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 a goodly loan right i mean mm -hmm. abby you can fulfill us more with that but it's a goodly loan Correct. what does it mean it's a goodly loan a loan is usually returned with a higher yield isn't it um think about that give mm -hmm. more sadaqa mm -hmm. wherever you go something will happen it's guaranteed more than real estate and stock market it's guaranteed you know this is going to happen so why the hell are you not going to give it mm. you know that's my old thing so give, I, think, I think it would be other than don't panic would give more sadaqa. i think sadaqa itself is cleansing what you have that's what i would say i think mm. now that i'm thinking about it deeper <laughs> and I love that. don't panic <laughs> don't panic yes, sorry. I, love it. I love it i love it Michelle. that's awesome man thank you so much for those uh little tidbits of, of and i would say those gems actually that you've just dropped right now uh throughout the episode and i know this is it has been incredibly valuable not only to myself but to everyone who lists who's listening now and who will listen uh inshallah to this episode um and we got one <laughs> dope is one of my favorite tips love it so uh we got two questions here uh from our audience that came in so we'll go ahead and and explore them together. So the first one here is by Brother Muhammad watching on YouTube. So he's asking, how could I use Facebook to effectively only market businesses that are not mine, so market other businesses, uh, without charging or spending any money? So I, I'm thinking here the question is about organic strategies, maybe some organic strategies, tips that you can give for Facebook specifically. So for Facebook specifically, for helping others out to organically mm -hmm. market for them, mm -hmm. without a doubt, use the product of live. Okay. okay. I, I, without a doubt, remember it's a product that's a, it's not new, new, but it's still fairly newer. And so as a company, they want to market their product. So the more consistent you are on live, whatever you can do to glue people's eyes on the screen on their platform, Facebook doesn't take a monthly stipend from you, but they're getting something out of you, right? It's a business just like any other platform. They have interests in business. They're not, they're not a charity or doing terrible things. Um, so, so I would do Facebook live, like uh, coach someone or, 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 uh, work with someone who can be the face of that company or that organization. That is, if you ask me what the best thing to do, it's that their algorithm, not so great. I mean, it, you know, now you see like really amazing posts with just a few likes and this, that, the other, a lot of times because you know, they, they, they want money unless it's like really viral type of content. So that would be the number one thing I do, uh, on Facebook. You know, um, one of the things that does work on Facebook, though, guys, I will if, as an added uh, thing of vlogs. Mm -hmm. So if you do have a vlog, Abby, or someone has a, one of your stories, somebody has a vlog and they really want to get out there, set up a Facebook <clears throat> set up a Facebook fan page, business page, it's fan page, same thing. And just just start make only make it design it for the video, the video mm -hmm. template that they have. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And just do videos on there focus on that that usually works more than just like you know e-com type of thing or mm. things unless you have influencers i love that tip that's a really really great tip and i think too many uh too many business owners entrepreneurs are afraid of video but the truth is and it's becoming more and more apparent video is yeah, the future. you can't resist it i video mean the future. you just can't resist it um yeah. you know people want to see that face they don't mm. trust that logo as much that's it you know like especially if you're building up right now, it's very saturated. You gotta, you gotta distinguish yourself. You have to be giving value and you gotta figure out ways. And that's one of the reasons why when I went back into like, if I had stayed as a filmmaker in that world, again, subhanAllah, no regrets, but if I had, that would have been a really big, big thing because that's where the world is headed. In fact, they're talking about Instagram completely changing their whole thing, making it more of a video platform than a photo platform. You got, you heard, you've heard this, I think, right? Yeah. So they've been promoting reels a lot too. Yeah. They're taking a lot of shit because they're, they're TikTok, right? This is like, it's mm -hmm. unbelievable. So just, you know, get out of that comfort zone. If you're in that zone where you don't want to put your face on there, you're beautiful. You're enough. You look good. You're fine. Get out there and give value, help people out. Don't yeah. be Hundred percent, love it, love it, mashallah, brother. We got one more from the audience here. That's a really great question uh, from one of our viewers on Facebook, and this one is curious to know: Are traditional marketing majors or marketing bachelors right now still relevant in today's age? That's a great question there. Traditional? Oh, okay. I, I'm understanding it now. I think so. You know, um, I think so with a couple of tweaks. Mm -hmm. So, look, the the times as times move, you you got to keep yourself ahead, right? I mean. The classic style of marketing, Abby, maybe you remember this when we were kids. You received a junk mail, mm -hmm. and the junk mail was, was really, it's really a funnel. 
You know that, right? They're really funnels. And they would lead you into one thing and then you would, you would call that number and you'd lead you into another thing and another thing. That's like, what is it called? Direct response type of stuff. That's old school stuff. We just took that stuff and digitalized it. Yeah. Th that's effective marketing. The whole thing with a funnel, that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. It didn't come out of thin air, by the way. And if you read Russell Brunson's book.com, Secrets, great book, by the way, highly recommend it. That's basically much what he says. So think about that. Traditional marketing are that would be the best professors, some of the best teachers that we could have. You just have to digitalize it. Mm. That the same process, just digitalize it. There's nothing, not much difference. Not much difference. Right. I love that. I'm going to squeeze in one more here because this one's really, really great too. And this one is besides picking a niche, is there other ways one can differentiate themselves uh, from competitors? Yes, there is. Mm. There is. But again, um, I don't know if the right word would be disclaimer or whatever it would be. Pick what you really want to do. That's my first advice to you, okay? Whatever, whatever you really feel passionate about, find that passion. Spend time, spend money, whatever, to find that passion. Now, whatever. You, don't, you, know, you want to find something to make it better. Okay, milk. Mm. You go to the store, you buy a milk bottle. It looks like a traditional gallon bottle, right? I'm giving you an example. But you go to like a nice, nicer quality store and you get a nice glossy looking, smaller, more compact, trendy bottle. It's milk 2.0. But <laughs> you put the price up for $7.97 instead of $4.97. You'll get the 797 because your copy on that milk bottle, your design of that milk bottle, the story, the human relatable story you have on that milk bottle is different. You'll get the money for it. Okay. You have an audience for that. So whatever you're thinking about within your competition, whether it's, you know, I don't know, a product or whatever, show me more value that this product can do for me than your competition can. Find out what you can. There's a show. Uh, I only saw one or two episodes of it. Um, Mad Men or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I actually watched the entire show. I love that show, to be honest. You love that show? Okay, yeah. there was part where they were selling the Lucky Strike cigarettes. Yes, right? yes. And what did he say? The It was toasted. Mm, yes, it was all toasted. The seeds are toasted. All the seeds in tobacco were toasted, right, Rabbi? They were all toasted, but they just took that one part out and gave it like that flair, that, mm. that oomph, that energy level, that kind of new vibe. Uh, and it was toasted. Mm -hmm. Our seeds are toasted. In reality, everybody was one was right, yeah. but it's not. It's not unethical. They're just they're they're just stating the truth, and they're kind of playing with the words. Mm -hmm. So, what I'm trying to say is like a play on that right. would, would make it would make a significant difference to make yourself distinguishable from your competition. Also, your competition, and this happens a lot in the, the for-profit and non-profit world, both of them. Um, is that they're generally not doing video marketing, mm. by the way. And that's a great way to carry on your messaging, mm. right? So if you have a team, a marketing team, you want to make sure that the creative is at a level that your competition is not. I, we can go on and on, and I want to go crazy with this, but pretty much that's the gist. So the answer is yes, and that's how you kind of do it. And if you have further questions, by the way, anybody – of course, Abby is your ultimate resource here for obvious reasons, but you can send me an Instagram message at, at, at Purple Chic Media uh, or my email, which is Suleiman at purplechicmedia.com, uh, S-U-L-E-M-A-N. I'm forgetting the spelling of my own name. Uh, and, and just ask me a question and, and whatever uh, to, in regards to this interview, and we can you know clarify more if needed. Love it, brother. Love it, brother. Well, actually, you just got started there. So tell us, where can people, because you've dropped so many amazing gems, mashallah, on this podcast. And I'm sure this episode uh, is one where people are going to walk away with a page filled with notes. I know I am. And uh, I hope you're taking notes if you're listening. Where can people go to follow you, support you, and just get more of you know all the wisdom that you're sharing here today? So it's all open. You can go to uh, purplechicmedia.com. Uh, the same spelling on the on the Facebook of the the Facebook the, the cover page here, dot uh, com and there is ask me anything. There's a column for like ask me anything, and just ask me anything. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Like, just try to keep it relevant. You know what I mean? Like, don't ask me what you want to have for dinner and how to make biryani or something. You know, just ask me something relevant to this. And, and I'm open. Also, a quick uh, text. I'm totally cool with that. 848-448-3010. That's 848-448-3010. Um, text me. You know, um, and and we can we can we can chat and we can you know any questions that you have. I want to I want to help, uh, inshallah, as best as I possibly can to our okay. brothers and sisters. Your success is my success. And by the way, tell that to your clients. Whenever you have clients, your success is my success because that is the ultimate truth. Your clients mm -hmm. succeed, you will succeed. Mm -hmm. You will succeed. Okay. 100%. 100%. That's where you can find me. And any questions. 100%. Love that, brother. Well, you're the first person to give their phone number on the podcast. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> mashallah. That's never been done before. So Very transparent. I love that, brother. That's that personal touch that you're talking about. And now you know that this guy's a real marketer. I love it. Mashallah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today, man. Honestly, it was a blast. I learned so much from you today, honestly. And I'm sure that people listening will learn so much as well. Guys, please check out purplesheikmedia.com. Follow him on Instagram, purplesheikmedia, or everywhere else uh, that you're active on. And check if he's active there as well, purplesheikmedia. And uh, you know what we'll do? We'll um, I'm going to stay connected with you. And inshallah, once he, release, once he releases the Purple Sheik, okay. I'm going to notify you guys. I'm going to you know drop maybe an Instagram story or something in the group to let you guys know. So make sure you you know stay tuned for that as well, inshallah. inshallah Thank you so much, brother, for coming on. This was an absolute pleasure. You got it, bro. Anytime. Inshallah, talk to you soon, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, brother. Jazakallah khair. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast to show your support. As always, you can follow us on your favorite social platform. Search Omopreneur. Uh, and of course, if you'd like help starting your own online business or maybe taking your business to the next level, you can book a call with us for free at omopreneur.com slash call. We'll speak to you to understand where your goals are and how we can help. And until then, we'll see you next time. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Sorry.